It was a beautiful fall Saturday this past weekend as Robert Morris University welcomed home their football team as the Robert Morris Colonials took the field at Joe Wallen Stadium for the first time in over two years as they took on the Howard Bison this past Saturday. I'm Nathan Breisinger, and alongside me today is Ethan Morrison, and this is the Bobby Moe Football Show on the Colonial Sports Network. Ethan, how are you doing today? I'm so glad to be back. I mean, it's the long-awaited return for the Bobby Moe Football Show. We took a couple of weeks off, um, but, you know, I'm just so excited to get back, talking some football, previewing next or this upcoming week's matchup, and also taking a look back on the Colonials' win this past Saturday. Yeah, before we get into the game against Howard, as uh, the Colonials took care of business there, I mean, going back, as you mentioned, it's been a few weeks since the Bobby Moe Football Show has hit the airwaves. Uh, going back to that, I mean, our first show was breaking down the season and what we were going to expect. The first game was canceled due to COVID protocols against Dayton, so that was a wash. Then they went on to take Central, take on Central Michigan, an FBS school, a MAC school, so it was a good opponent for RMU to get started with, but... I mean, on the score sheet, it didn't didn't matter. 45 nothing. the Chippewas took down the Colonials in Central Michigan. Uh, just quickly, what were, your, what were your thoughts going in, uh, out of that game? I mean, obviously, it's going to be a tough matchup. Anytime you're going up against an FBS school and you're, an F, you're a smaller FCS school. Um, so, you know, going into that, you already got that against you. And then also, you're still dealing with COVID. Um from the last, from the past week against Dayton, I mean, you got your game canceled against Dayton, and then going into this game, you're still light on some players going into that one. A lot of guys missing in that one. A lot of your starters missing, so that was a tough pill to swallow for the Colonials as well. Really, just couldn't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball, and also the defense was very um, lax in that game. Understandably, missing some guys on that front as well. But you know, overall, I mean, it's still a good game. It's still a game where you can learn a lot from your learn a lot about your team. So I mean, overall, it was still a great experience for the Colonials. Yeah, they were without their starting running back Elijah Jackson in that game. Uh, talking to Bernard Clark, he mentioned that there wasn't a single wide receiver or tight end that had any college experience that played in that game. A lot of young guys playing in that game. And speaking of young guys, uh, one guy to take note of, Jalen Brown, had a nice day. You know, the best day probably for the Colonials. He had. Um, he had three re- three receiving yards, but he also had three ru- 37 rushing yards, the longest rush of the day, which was 24. I mean, obviously those aren't great numbers, but for the Colonial standards on that that afternoon, Saturday afternoon, that's what it was, and that was 37 yards again on the ground for Jalen Brown, who's a receiver. He's a freshman. He he could have a very bright future with the Colonials team, and he's been involved early and often in this mix. George Martin on the day against Central Michigan, just eight passing yards. Uh, we saw that improved against Howard, as we'll talk about in a little bit. And then on the defensive side of things, I mean, big takeaway from this one, Jamar Shagog, 18 tackles, a sack, and Ella Buzaco also figured in on a couple tackles. So Jamar Shagog really taking you know, a step forward as a redshirt sophomore for the Colonials at the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was, I mean, it's just, you know, what, what, a, what, a great, what a great step up from where they were. Um, a week before against Central Michigan, and then, you know, or two weeks before, excuse me, they had that off week, which was very huge for them to, you know, get that full team back and, you know, go, go into a full week of practices without um, any, any you know, disruptions, and then going into this game against Howard, you know, with a fresh mindset, a clean slate, uh, going up against a team that, you know, is a pretty beatable team. They were 0-3 coming into that game, so a great Great work by them that that whole entire game, you know, just putting the pressure on Howard 
and you know the defense was strong, which we which we knew they were going to be strong coming into it. We just didn't know how the offense was there, and you know the offense they made the plays that they needed to make down the stretch in that game, and were able to pull it out. Yeah, a lot of storylines going into the game. I mean, you have the game itself. You have fans are back for the first time since 2019. First time since COVID. I mean, had occurred. This was a big side for the um, athletic department because this was their biggest game yet since since COVID came around to allow fans. I mean, it was a packed house. Over 2,100 people were there to witness a win for the Colonials. Um, and then you have the honoring and remembrance of Joe Walton following the game. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But let's just go into the game itself. You talked about, you know, so a lot of people stepped up here. A lot of the, the Colonials kept the game close. I mean, I want to go into the play a little bit of George Martin here. George Martin scoring the first uh, touchdown for the Colonials, a five-yard touchdown run. He completed 11 of 21 passes, 146 passing yards through the air, two touchdowns through the air, and as I mentioned, had that touchdown on the ground and also 17 yards on the ground to add to that. So a nice day. He looked very relaxed and poised in the pocket. Um, he only he only was sacked one time, so the offensive line really protecting him. What did you see from George Martin in that game? I Like you said, I think he was very calm and composed. Um, you, you know, that – that first score, he, he did it on his own. He did he did it with the QB draw, faked a lot of guys on that defensive front for Howard and was able to trot on in there for the score. But, you know, even passing, uh, I think one of our writers talked about George Martin needing to air out the air out the ball in order for them to uh, make some make some plays and get some points on the board. I mean, we saw a little bit of that, but I know like going moving forward, you want to see Martin, you know, be able to air that ball out and get some chunk plays because you know they, there was a lot, there was some dinks, dinks and dumps. But you know, whenever George Martin aired that ball out, there were guys like DeAndre Hicks who were able to make the plays in order for them to get those big chunk chunk plays. And you know, that's that's something that's going to separate, um, you know, winning and losing, especially going into Big South play. Yeah, and and like you mentioned, I mean, understandably so. I mean, only eight passing attempts in the first game against Central Michigan. Again, without a lot of their players there, especially on the receiving core. Um, yeah, going into this game, he really decided to air out the ball. I mean, there was times in the game, you know, where we, me and you were on the sideline, um, but I was talking with a couple other people. You know, when's it going to happen? When's he going to throw the deep ball? Finally there, late in the second quarter, he aired it out for a 43-yard passing touchdown to DeAndre Hicks, as you mentioned. Hicks really stepped up. I mean, this was a 50-50 ball that he sort of jumped in front of. I mean, a huge touchdown catch. Got the crowd into it right before half. They go up with the lead 14-7. You know, going into halftime, you want to have that lead. You want to be able to hold on to it. But that was a huge catch just to, to say, hey, we can make these plays. We can throw the ball downfield. We can have a vertical game. And they weren't doing it as much. A lot of, like you said, shorter routes. But finally getting the ball through the air. And that was a huge catch for DeAndre Hicks. Going into the second half, as you as we mentioned, Howard was down by seven points. They get on the board with Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams, the quarterback for the Bison, had a pretty good day. 273 total yards, two touchdowns, um, one through the air, one on the ground, scoring there uh, on a four-yard touchdown run. Made it 14 to 13. Then a field, they missed the extra point, which was huge at the time. Mm -hmm. And then they made um, a field goal a little bit later in the game, 27-yard field goal in the fourth quarter, early there. And then it came down to a, a late last-minute possession for the Colonials with three minutes left. Again, DeAndre Hicks. A little uh, end around there, uh, dump-off pass from George Martin. And Hicks just using his speed, getting to the, the perimeter and, and was able to find the end zone. Yeah, I mean, 
And, you know, in that start of that second half, the Colonials got the ball, were able to march downfield, but, you know, they missed a field goal. And that made me that that worried me a little bit. And then you saw late in that third quarter, Howard was able to get back and come within one against the Colonials. And then you know, in that fourth quarter, like you said, Howard took the lead. I mean, if they if they if the Colonials made that field goal, they would have been on top by one in that game. If if everything stayed the same with Howard and and how they scored their points, so you know that worried me. And I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to be able to pull this out? And then obviously the great run by um, who was it? It was or that was what Hicks? DeAndre, DeAndre Hicks, Hicks, yeah, yeah with, with the, the with the run, um, or or sorry, excuse me, pass or reception for the touchdown, um, that was huge for them. And then to add on top of that, the two point conversion by George Martin, um, late in that game, uh, couldn't ask for anything more. And then the big defensive stop, uh. Like you said, to ice the game was 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 perf- was a perfect ending to a uh, perfect day. Yeah, and that those six points there to get that two point conversion, put them up by six, was important because you wanted to you know wanted to put the pressure on Howard. And when you needed it the most, the defense came up at the end for the Colonials, shutting down any sort of offense for Howard. You know the fans were getting into it. I mean the fan presence was felt there. We can feel it on the field. Um, they were loud, and for you know as small as a stadium as it is for RMU. It was they were packed in there. The band was going. Uh, the fans were going. They were into the game from start to finish. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, everything about it was a perfect Saturday for football. Perfect day to welcome back the Colonials to the Robert Morris campus for the first time in a long time. I mean, the entrance was just, you know, exciting. Chills. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you ready to run through a wall with that team yeah. as they're running onto the field. I mean, the music going uh, prior to the game, the tailgating. People were getting ready in the parking lots. Um, you know, parents, students, and fans alike all were were excited just for football to be back. And then also along on the lines, I mean, giving out cowbells. I mean, a nice promotion giveaway for um, the Department of Athletics at RMU, getting fans there and getting them excited for the game. Everything about it was just a perfect Saturday for football. And on top of that, you know, with the win, on top of that, you had. You know, it was an emotionally charged game because you had, following the game, the Joe Walton memorial and the remembrance of, of a guy who built this program from scratch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't able to stay for the uh, ceremony, but, I mean, I've watched uh, videos and packages that were made over the past week, and, you know, it was just an, an emotional time, an emotional day, uh, remembering and honoring the late Joe Walton. Um, I know Edward Nicholson, the former president here at the university, spoke and had a, had a wonderful speech, a touching speech on Walton, and, you know, how he built that program up from scratch and to, you know, where it is today and how his legacy will live on forever. So just a wonderful tribute for, for, uh, for that man. And, you know, especially, I mean, capping, it all, capping off the day and, you know, ending that day with a win was just so sweet. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I mean, Joe Walton was – a figure. I mean, he was he was such an important figure in RMU football's history. He built this program. I mean, in his first season when he was hired, he had to hire the coaches amongst himself. He had to recruit all the players amongst himself. He had to get all the equipment. I mean, everything and anything along the lines of building a program, he had to do it alone. He's a he's a local uh, man to the Western Pennsylvania area, Beaver Falls native. Um, He's also he, he played football at the University of Pittsburgh as a tight end. He got drafted in the NFL, played with Washington, uh, 
played with the New York Giants, and then he went on to be a head coach of the New York Jets, also an offensive coordinator with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So just in this area alone, I mean, he was a figure, I mean, well-known, a fixture in this western Pennsylvania area, so it was very important to honor him. I mean, he built that stadium on, on Robert Morris campus. I mean, obviously, hence the name of Joe Walton Stadium. That I mean, All of this was done by him, and it put the program to where they are now from, you know, starting just as a, a team, you know, from the beginning, he won six NEC championships with them, four-time NEC Coach of the Year, and now he's built them from moving from the NEC to a, a bigger conference in the Big South. And, you know, the the crazy thing is, this was, like, all towards the back end of his career. Like, I mean, he could have retired after he was the, I think, defense, offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, he could have retired right after that um, when they hired uh, Coach Cow- uh, Bill Cower. But, no, I mean, he came here and, just built the program from, like you said, from scratch. And, you know, started off with, I think, like 50 freshmen on the roster, uh, playing them through and, you know, having some early success. And then just throughout his career, so much success, like you like you mentioned, all the uh, championships and, and awards and accolades. And, you know, building the program what it was today. Yeah, and not only a staple and for the RMU football team, but in the RMU community and in Western Pennsylvania. And just all in all, a huge day for the Colonials on and off the field, a 22-16 victory overall. And I just want to take one more look just at at the stats, especially, you know, we talked about George Martin, to, uh, 11 passes, 20, uh, 146 yards and two touchdowns. But I want to take a quick look at the running game as Elijah Jackson came back from obviously being out against Central Michigan, 112 or 107 yards. Didn't have a touchdown, but important on the ground. I mean, he was getting the, the ball moved upfield. Um, as we mentioned, George Martin also scored on the ground. And then through the air, DeAndre Hicks, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Brown, again, figuring in 25 yards on two, just two uh, pass receptions. Uh, DeMonte Martin had 39 yards on three pass receptions. So, again, moving the ball around to different targets, that's key for George Martin in this offense. You don't want to stick with just DeAndre Hicks or Jalen Brown. You're getting a couple different guys. Um, Six different guys caught a pass for the Colonials in this win. Important for them to be moving the ball around like that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, the key, I mean, that that I've always been saying for the past, you know, year now is you got to get the run game going. You got to get Elijah Jackson going. And he did just that, uh, breaking the 100-yard mark in this one. And, you know, that, I mean, that's all you can ask for, especially if you want to be able to, you know, get those guys open down the field and you want to air the ball out. I mean, that's the, that's a great way to start, you know, mixing a few play actions here and there if you can get the run game going. And they ju- did just that in that game. Um, just the offense was able to flow a lot better, I mean, understandably, as they were able to incorporate, incorporate excuse me, Eliza Jackson into the lineup. Also, Jonathan Wynn, uh, seven attempts, 38 yards. Um, so, I mean, just getting those two running backs involved was huge in this game. Yeah, I mean, every every resource you can use is, is important in a win. And George Martin, it, he, he can be at times a very good field general, and we saw it in, in this past Saturday's game. But he's going to be like – he has to be like that also this coming week in their first Big South action of the season as they take on North Carolina A&T, the Aggies. They will travel down there to take on a team that's 1-2 and two, uh, North Carolina A&T Earlier this season, losing to Furman, uh, 29-18, and then losing at Duke, 45-17, but then grabbing the most recent uh, game for them against North Carolina Central University, winning that one 37-14. A North Carolina A&T team, again, 1-2. and two. They, they have some promise to them. They're, they've been strong on the ground game. 180 yards per game is what they're averaging. 
over 200 yards against Duke and North Carolina Central. I mean, Duke's a good mm -hmm. team. I mean, obviously, yeah. a Power 5 school in the ACC. Uh, uh, they had some fits. Uh, the Aggies did against Mateo Durant. And the Duke running back, he had three touchdowns. I mean, was scoring all over them. But the fact that they were able to get over 200 yards against this team is pretty important. And Army's going to have a tall task at their hand with this running game. Yeah, it's definitely an impressive team. Um, you know, these are the two newest members in the Big South, so it's going to be a great matchup for them. North Carolina coming in from the MEAC Conference and then also Robert Morris moving from the NEC to the Big South last year. So definitely going to be an exciting matchup. Defense needs to hold strong against the run game, um, which, I mean, they're they're pretty capable of doing. They have a nice def they have a strong defensive front. Um, and then, you know, I mean, also, I mean, you got to work the ball. You have to – be able to run the ball on the offensive side as well. You know, like we like we said before, let George Martin air the ball out. And then, you know, that's that's how I think they're going to find success in this game. Yeah, and there's been a, f a few quarterbacks that have seen some action for the Aggies. I mean, in their game versus Duke, Kingsley Afidi saw a ton of action. He had two touchdowns and 83 yards rushing, but also had a few um, big plays through the air at quarterback position. But then against North Carolina Central, Jalen Fowler back in at quarterback, 161 yards, a touchdown, and running back Kayshawn Baker, 137 yards and a touchdown as well. So that's a guy that they have to keep an eye on, Baker. Like I mentioned, 137 yards. So a couple big players for North Carolina A&T coming into this ball game against the Colonials, and both teams looking, obviously, for their first Big South win. Colonials looking for their Big South win in history, going 0-3 last year against the respective teams in uh, Kennesaw State, James Madison, and um, – um, Charleston, Charleston Southern. Southern. James Madison is an, uh, a Big South team. My apologies, but those two games against Kennesaw State and Charleston Southern. But prepping for this game, Bernard Clark spoke to the media and talked about North Carolina A&T's team and what they have to offer and how the Colonials are going to match up against them. Let's take a listen. Important thing, he's completing those completing those passes because the run game's so good. <laughs> Everybody's trying to make sure they put enough guys in the box to shut that run down. They're they're a great running team. They really are. And their offensive line, actually, I know their offensive line coach. Him and I coached together back when I first started my career at James Madison University. Uh, Ron Madison, Coach Madison's a great coach, and he's done a good job. That offensive line is well coached, and they work well together. Like I said, stopping the run is going to be the key. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what it's going to be. If you're going to talk about keys of the game, you have to be able to stop that run. You know, get your linebackers, like we said, the big playmakers and Jamar Shagog and Anello Buzaco. Get them in there. Get them in the, the run-stop game against a team, as I mentioned, averaging over 180 yards per game, 200 against an, an, a big-time Duke team in the ACC. I mean, that's pretty impressive for a team like this. So if there's anything that's going to be a key to the game, it's stopping this run game for, for North Carolina A&T. Most definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, Coach Clark said it right. I mean, you have to be. They have a. They're a strong running team. So you know, you have to be able to stop that run because you know, if not, they're gonna be running all over you all day. And you know, with 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 them having so much success against Duke, it. I mean, it it makes it makes me nervous going into this game if I'm Robert Morris. But you know, hopefully that defensive front can hold on. And yeah. Um, obviously an early October matchup here heading into the, the midst of the fall season. Beautiful fall weather, beautiful football weather going into North Carolina A&T. And then the Colonials return home following that against Charleston Southern for their homecoming game on October 9th. I mean, obviously a big game next week, but any thoughts going into that homecoming game? I mean, don't want to overlook NCA&T, but next home game, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, that's going to be a huge game for Robert Morris, a game that they, you know, possibly could win. It's going to be the, one of those toss-up games that we talked about in the uh, first episode of the Bobby Mo Football Show for this season. It's one of those games where, you know, they, they might pull it out, and they played a tight game with them last year um, when they traveled down to Charleston. And, you know, it was some of their best football in between some COVID shutdowns and all of that. So hopefully the Colonials can stay healthy this week, heading into the game next week. Either both, I mean, hopefully there's no bumps and bruises along the road for them this week where they can go in healthy next week against Charleston Southern uh, with guns a-blazing. Um, so, I mean, just just a great game. I mean, it's the homecoming game, of course, so there's going to be a lot of emotion. Um, a lot of alumni back once again. I mean, there were a lot back for the Joe Walton Memorial last week. But, you know, even more this upcoming week, a lot of festivities going into that. So a very exciting time for this football program, a game that they once again – could could win and could possibly take down um, Charleston Southern in that game. Yeah, hoping to see that continuation of fans come to the games. Homecoming is usually the biggest game of the year. A lot of people attend that. Hoping hoping to see more fans that that were there than even this game past this past weekend against Howard. And there was a you know a packed house for that game at the Joe. So a huge game. And if you want to just stay stick with some more coverage along the football lines, be sure to check out Colonial Sports Network dot uh, com. Everything there from previews, Bernard Clark's head coach, Bernard Clark's media availability, and recaps, as well as post-game interviews with players and head coach Bernard Clark. Be sure to check out us on Twitter at RMU underscore CSN. And Robert Morse taking on North Carolina A&T this coming Saturday, October 7th at 1 p.m. For Ethan Morrison, I've been Nathan Breisinger. Thank you for tuning in to the Bobby Moe Football Show. <laughs>